Roe versus Wade, what does that mean for the United States? Welcome to Answers News for June 29th, 2022. Hi, I'm Ken Ham. I'm CEO of Answers in Genesis, Creation Museum, Mark Encounter. Well, I was yesterday. I presume I still am today. <laughs> still are today. And this is Dr. Georgia Purdom, and she is our geneticist, speaker, writer, and Bodie Hodge is one of Hello. our speakers and writers. <laughs> and so... We have a lot of different things to discuss today. We do. We, we sure do. do. And obviously the most exciting one that has happened over the last few days is the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. So I think that deserves a that's round a, of applause. That's a big deal. Uh-huh. Wow. We have a live audience. Yeah. For a lot we of do. people around the world, though, they may not know what Roe v. Wade is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roe versus Wade was a court decision back in 1973 that legalized uh, abortion across the country. And, uh, you know, people have been uh, battling this. States have been battling it left, right, and right. center for years. But, uh, but they made it a constitutional it. right is yeah, what really right. happened. So now it makes it – it's not a constitutional mm-hmm. right. It's still legal as long as the state that you're in allows it to be legal. But now it's mm-hmm. a state's decision. Right. But here's the thing. A yeah. lot of the younger generation – and the way the secular media portray it, not just in America, but around the world, is that now abortion is banned, right. which it's is not, not true, actually. No, right. no. Yeah, what, really what it does is it kicks it back to the states, and each right. state is now allowed to decide. And there are certain states that are going to make it illegal. Uh, some already have, actually. Yeah. Uh, some had uh, pre-Roe laws that are now back in effect. There are one, some that had trigger laws mm-hmm. so that if Roe was re- uh, overturned, then... Uh, it would be put in place. So there's at least 20 states. Wow. Um, actually, we're in the state of Kentucky, and mm-hmm. Kentucky has a right. supermajority, actually, of Republicans who passed those laws. So they had the trigger laws. So mm-hmm. that means abortion is not allowed. Right. I, I'm not sure what... Aren't they usually... Some of them have yeah, some, some exceptions. Yeah, somehow. But yeah, anyway, a certain little time but basically there, but Kentucky has right. those trigger laws. So I was just going to say, you know... When you see the amount of violence and just the emotional reaction uh, from some of these people over Roe versus Wade, um, I was sort of thinking through, so why are they so emotional about it? Obviously, it's a spiritual issue, and their Correct. hearts are darkened. And, you know, you think they are doing all they can, yelling and screaming, because they want to kill their yeah. children in the womb, right? But I think one of the reasons they're really upset, and, and the liberal... The liberals are really upset about uh, the Roe versus Wade overturning because they don't want to have to debate the issue. Right. You know what I mean? Right. When, when it's a so-called constitutional right, you know, then they don't have to do any debate. Right. Now True. they're going to have to try to argue their case. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. of course, people are going to understand, wait a minute, you're killing a child in a mother's right. womb. Right. They don't want to have to deal with those aspects, right. do they? And the more and more... That we look at this, even just from a science, purely scientific perspective, the harder and harder it's getting to deny that this is a life in the womb, and so that's that's the thing. And and we still, I mean, that's not the ultimate argument, right? Because people could say, well, it's a life, but I don't care about that life. You know, it's a life that I should have control over. So the ultimate argument we always have to remember goes back to the Word of God, because right. these are human beings made in the image of God, and that is why they have a right to life. That's right. That's why they have an eternal value, because. We remain the image of an eternal God. Right. And, and you hear over and over uh, the, these women yelling, our body, our rights. We have a right to do what we want with our body. But 
a fertilized egg is not their body. It's, right. it's a different combination of information right. than the mother and the father, mm-hmm. and the body looks on it as foreign tissue to reject. Uh, no new information is ever added as your body is built. And as yeah. God says in Psalm 139, I saw your unformed substance. Even when it were, we were unformed in the sense of our body, unformed is still us. It's still a person. It's a person uh, made in the image of God. And you know what's interesting? Just outside of Legacy Hall mm-hmm. here, where right. we have Answers yeah. News, we have Fearfully and Wonderfully Made exhibit, which is the most powerful such exhibit in the world. There is no other exhibit like that anywhere. And on October 8th, we're opening the new exhibit. For, for right. those that are here at the Creche Museum, you'll see some black curtains cordoning off an area in Palm Plaza. Behind there, it's going to be three times the size of this exhibit. And when you look at those models, developing from fertilised egg all the way through uh, to baby just before birth, in the new exhibit... We're going to have, in those models, you'll be able to see organs working. And so you'll see the lungs working, you'll see blood flowing, you'll see the heart beating and so on. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And we have this giant baby. Yes. Bigger giant, than me. Giant baby is <laughs> giant what we call baby. it. <laughs> uh, that's going to show you how the placenta works and so on. Yeah. Um, but this, it, it, this is what we, we need... Right. Families to bring th- their children here everywhere and go through that exhibit. It teaches you the truth about the and development you know, of I'm life. I'm just thankful for all, you know, when we think about these Supreme Court justices, I mean, this was a bold move, right? I mean, their personal safety is being risked. Their family yes. safety is being risked for standing for life. And, and, but I'm glad they did that. And I'm glad too, for all the things that the Lord, I mean, all the puzzle pieces, so to speak, that had to be put into place for this to happen, right? We needed to have a conservative majority on the court. We needed to have justice that would vote for life and all the people that played a role in helping that happen. Although isn't it, wouldn't be right to say they were really voting for what the constitution actually says or doesn't say. In other words, it's a constitutional issue. That's that's really what they voted on. And you know, that happens sometimes. Sometimes the Supreme Court makes a decision that later needs to be corrected. We've seen that exactly. historically. You go back before the Civil War, there was the Dred Scott decision. Yeah, that's a great um, example. Yeah, it really was. And mm-hmm. it, it basically said that, you know, a slave is property, therefore they can't even sue. Um, that needed to be corrected. That needed to be right. changed. There was the separate but equal mm-hmm. uh, that was in place for over 50 years, and that one needed to be changed. Uh, I, so. I know we spent a bit more time on this when we go into it, but I also wanted to say this. The battles that you hear right now when you hear uh, liberals saying we need to stack the Supreme Court and so on, in other words, they don't care about the Constitution. All they want to do is have enough on there to vote what they want into power. And and they are against others uh, believing what they believe because you find secularists are so intolerant of others, particularly Christians. And if it's a Christian worldview, they do not want to have anything uh, to do with it. And so, you know, this whole business about, you know, we shouldn't have so many conservatives on, if they are conservatives, on the Supreme Court or whatever, what they're really saying is we don't want people who aren't going to vote our way. We don't care what the Constitution says. We just want people... People who are going to they vote want to impose out. a worldview. Yeah. It comes out yeah, of world exactly. what it is, which really leads to the, next, to the next... Yeah, so the um, next one is another Supreme Court argument. decision. Supreme Court sides with coach over prayers at the 50-yard line. So this has to do with a uh, Joseph Kennedy, who was a football coach in Bremerton, Washington, and he would pray after games on the 50-yard line. Now, it wasn't a, an out loud prayer or anything. He would just pray on the 50-yard line, and he got fired uh, for that because they said, no, you're coercing other players to join in with you. You know, you're... 
you're, you're not right in this. But what did the Supreme Court say? No, you can not deny someone's right to publicly pray like that, even yeah. if it's at a public school. Right. It's the free exercise of religion. Right. The freedom of religion. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what it's all about. And it's interesting how I saw some of the secular uh, media uh, saying, wait a minute, this is a separation of church and state issue. Well, first of all, there's no such thing in the sense that everyone has a religion. And you're either for Christ or against, right. right? But this is the free exercise of his religion, his Christianity. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, and notice what's going on, you know, like with these last two uh, items. It has to do with rights. The concept of a right is a Christian concept. It actually, you're, you're endowed with certain rights because of your creator. The Declaration of Independence actually states that here in U.S. Uh, organic law. So when we think about what a right is, a right actually comes out of a Christian worldview. In an atheistic worldview, for example, it is a materialistic worldview. In other words, the only things that exist are matter and energy in that worldview, if people are consistent mm -hmm. with it. Um, a right or logic or knowledge or truth, none of those things technically could exist if an well, atheistic worldview. You think about morality. You have to borrow it from a right. biblical you, you can't go out, go out and trip over morality. Right. Oh, boy. Right? Stub my toe it, on it's some morality. It's non-material, <laughs> yeah. right? How could that come out of, a, of an atheistic That's worldview? Right. So what we're seeing is people borrowing that from a biblical worldview. There was actually a book. We used to sell this, but I don't know, it might be out of print. Uh, Jay Lucas has a book called The Rights Fight. And I want to hold that up so you guys can see it. It's called The Rights Fight. Uh, so you probably still pick up copies. You know, I did an internet search, and it's out there in several different places. But what he does is he goes back and says, okay, where does the concept of right come from? Uh, how is this used? Because, you know, we're in a culture that people are battling back and forth about the concept of rights and where rights come from. Right. You know, can they be given or taken away by a court and so forth? Powerful book on and, that subject. And just one more thing on this, too. I think the real issue here is not about that he doesn't have a religious right to do this. It's about that he's a Christian and that he is fighting for the right to offer a Christian prayer yeah. or, you know, that, like I say, if this had to do with uh, a Muslim wanting to pray or something like that, no one would question it, right? No one would get involved in that. But because it's a Christian wanting to pray, that becomes the issue. So it's really about Christianity, not religion that, as a whole. That reminds me of an article I just read uh, this morning, actually, out of Seattle, where a group of pro-abortionists reacting to Roe versus Wade were kicking a Bible to each other like a soccer ball. And when somebody grabbed the Bible to stop them doing that, they grabbed it off that person and then put it in the, the toilet. Um, that's how they treat the Bible. Can you imagine if they did that with the Koran? They'd probably be arrested. Can you imagine yeah. that on yeah. Judgment Day? <laughs> it, it, again, it, 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 Christians are considered the enemy right. because... God is a creator, and he says, here's what's right and here's what's wrong, and people don't want that. Well, here's something else that was interesting. You know, one of the justices, you know, said, well, uh, you know, this person praying out there, you know, what it does is it, it kind of forces the other kids to make them feel like they have to pray too. So they're, they're saying that's an imposition of religion. Well, here's the problem with that. In a classroom... Textbooks left, right, and center are teaching the religion of secular humanism. If you've ever heard of Big Bang, millions of years, or evolution, those are subsets of the oh, religion. Oh, and these of days they're forcing transgender and yep. all, all that all gender ideology on They're people. taught in a classroom from textbooks, from yeah. teachers, yeah. is uh, imposing a religion on kids, and yet they don't think twice about that one. Right. Well, that's but what I say. It's about Christianity. Kneeling and praying is not forcing right. anything on right. anyone. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, um, by the way, did you know that the belief in evolution evolves? 
It's been, it keeps evolving. And it keeps evolving. Did you know that? <laughs> like our next story says, studies suggest that most of our evolutionary trees could be wrong. All right. So before we had genetics and before we could sequence the organism's um, DNA, they would make a lot of the evolutionary trees where they show how things are related to each other and how they evolve. They would do it based on anatomical similarities, okay, how they looked like on the outside or maybe on the inside if they dissected them. But now they do more based on genetics. So now they're saying, well, we need to change all of our evolutionary trees based on anatomy because genetics shows us otherwise. So now we're going to have these ludicrous trees that somehow show aardvarks and elephants are way more related than, you know, elephants and say a mastodon or something like that. Well, this this article says these molecular evolutionary trees show elephant shrews are more closely related to elephants. You must admit that looks like an elephant. (laughs) I mean, how big is that? Oh, uh, probably just a few inches long. Well, an elephant has two eyes. Yeah. And two ears. It sort of has a trunk thing going on. Yeah, it's sort of got like a trunk here. Of course you you would look at that and say, wow, it's related to an elephant. And look how big that looks in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I tell you what. But that's what's happening. It's it's a good example of the fact that evolutionary ideas change all the time. Mm. And they're all the time trying to... Uh, they find things, this doesn't work, they'll try something else, that doesn't work, and so on. Um, And and it's interesting, they talk about in here too, about all these examples of what they call convergent evolution. Okay, you're a geneticist. Explain what convergent evolution is. I always say convergent evolution is a trash bin of evolution because they don't, like anything that they don't know how to explain evolved, they say it's convergent evolution, right? So basically, how do you get flight, so to speak, and things that are totally unrelated from an evolutionary standpoint, like bats and birds? They say, well, by chance, dumb luck, right? Because that's all evolution (laughs) is. You got flight evolving in these two separate categories. So they're converging on flight, even though they're doing it, even though they're not related, so to speak. Or even though, how do you have eyes in vertebrates? Camera eyes. There's also other eyes in, in, in invertebrates and so on and so what they say here is convergent evolution happens all the time isn't it amazing Mm -hmm. by dumb luck evolution evolved these different features many times over same organ Uh yeah in different organisms now don't don't misunderstand some of this some some of this research though is i think decent research Um, they're just misunderstanding the research you know it's good to look at the genetics and compare these types of things it's good to look at the anatomy and compare these things Mm -hmm. and if they're doing it within kind for example within the dog kind or within the elephant kind or within the the chicken pheasant type Mm -hmm. of a kind i mean we there's a lot we can learn from that because those things are actually related Mm -hmm. uh, because things were created according to their kind within their kind and all the descendants of particular land kinds for example on the ark uh, they're all uh, around today. So we can actually test some of that right. stuff based on their geography and where they're living and so forth. It's as soon as you want to take that and you want to jump and right. all of a sudden try to compare it to creatures that are way beyond uh, the kind level. So, Dr. Purdom, you're a PhD scientist. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read to you from this paper and I want you to tell me what's wrong with it. This okay. is a test. Okay. <laughs> It proves that evolution just keeps on reinventing things, coming up with a similar solution each time the problem is encountered. Okay, so two main problems. One is that evolution can't invent. So evolution doesn't have a mind. Um, It takes an inventor to invent things. And number two, you never use that word prove when it comes to science. That is, it's, when you do experiments, they either support or do not support your original hypothesis. They never prove anything. 
Right. But this is what they tell kids in the, in the secular schools. Isn't evolution wonderful? Look what it does. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. That's a reification fallacy. It's a personification right. fallacy. Exactly. So, yeah, you can use science to disprove something, show that it's not correct, you know, right. showing inconsistency. And when we see similar designs, you know, anatomically yeah. or from a genetic standpoint, it just means they have a, the same designer. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they somehow evolved this by chance, you know, evolutionary speaking. It's just same designer. Yeah, and, and we sometimes say it that way. Yeah. Common design uh, is uh, common designer. We're out in the secular world. They've got an entirely different viewpoint. They want to say common design means common answer. Or common design is because of convergent evolution. (laughs) Hey, did you know if you go across the river to Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. they have a zoo. They do. And it's considered the top zoo in America right now for two years in a row. That's cool. And they have an ape exhibit. And they have a sign on there that says you're visiting your family. And it says there's no sharp line between apes and humans. I mean, look at you. Right? Oh, I'm going to talk to No HR. sharp line. <laughs> and they say you're visiting your family. This next article is all I, it, about I know. That. So how humans evolve to get along to, to the extent that we do. So basically, this is looking at bonobos. Um, am I saying that right? Or bonobos? Bonobos. Bonobos. Okay. See, I said it wrong. Okay, bonobos. And they're saying, well, you know, we're so genetically related to them, right? We're they're chimps. 99- bonobos are chimps. Okay. Part of the ape kind. All right. I'm just they're, they're all in that group. All right. So they would say we're 99% similar at the DNA level. Okay, that's a whole other story that we don't have time to deal with. So we we're are not 99%. Sufficient to say we're not. All right? There's lots of evidence to show that. But they're saying because their social groups are very similar to our social groups, that that shows how our behavior, human behavior, that's where it must have evolved from. So why yeah, did they put a fence up at the zoo then to they, keep us They away? said they were looking at these and they said... They have distinct social groups, and they maintain their social groupings. Right. And they're using this to say, see, it, it, it's mm. bonobos, like humans, have these complicated relationships. And, um, you know, obviously, the cooperation that you see, uh, this, is, this is all a part of explaining why humans are the way that they are. Well, I was thinking about this. I do not think you should look at bonobo chimps to explain humans. I think you should look at cockroaches. <laughs> look at that. Do you know why I say that? Tell me. See, this is, we, have, we have a lot of cockroaches. Do you know down at the zoo, we have some what are called little ambassador That's creatures. That's down at the Ark Zoo? Yeah. Down at the Ark Zoo, yeah. I meant to say. And um, they actually have these cockroaches there. You know, these are the ones that are behind the scenes. They're not out in a cage yeah. or anything. Yeah. I mean, but they actually do have them there. And do you know how many they have down at the Ark Zoo? Ugh. Several hundred, oh. right, of Madagascar hissing cockroaches. And here's what one of our zookeepers sent to me. They actually have a complex social society. Adults prove parental care for up to a year. They talk to each other with their antennae through expressing pheromones and hydrocarbons, can even identify who's who. They can tell who they're related to and when they will actively be inbreeding in the mass of colonies. They look for roaches that are not related to spend time with them. Um, Males make several different hisses to communicate with each other, establish territory, attract females. Obvious. Yeah. Humans and cockroaches are, are very similar. 
By the way, did you know evolutionists, think about this now, think about it technically, mm -hmm. did you know that evolutionists would all agree that humans are related to cockroaches? They would say that. Being because some of the behavior of some people, I would agree. Because <laughs> they say all life is related. I even said to Bill Nye when I was taking him through the ark, I said, do you, do you agree that we're related to a banana? And you he, said, yes. he said yes, because all life is related. Plants, animals, they all evolved from some life millions of years ago, yeah. billions of years ago. They, they have everything coming from a rock, too. So anyway, I just thought I'd add a bit about cockroaches to what... Yeah, but I mean, a lot of animals, you know, have social structures. I mean, we can see that among a cow herd. Uh, we see it among bees. Yeah. You know, there's hosts of different uh, creatures that do well, that. Common design. Have, common but design. have you noticed how, to justify even homosexuality, how you'll uh, sometimes see people saying, oh, we saw... In fact, um, in the zoo article, they yeah, talk about talk these about supposed gay penguins. Gay penguins. Right? And they use that to try to justify humans being gay well, That's and so why on. I always say, so when the, human, when the animal behavior is good, and we would like to see that in humans, they'll say, oh, look, that shows we're related, or, you know, all that. But when, I notice when it's like cannibalism, or yeah. sibling side, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, they don't like use that. mantises. No, that, we're not, no. You know, you don't see them talking about that. Spiders eating other spiders, you know. Yeah. yeah. Eating their... It's pick and oh. Eating their own young... Yeah, aren't, I mean, aren't there female that. spiders that'll eat the male ones? Yeah. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. praying mantises will do that. Yeah. I mean, there's so, all sorts of horrible things when you see out there. I mean, they don't say, hey, let's look at those animals and let's justify a new moral code. Did, did you know you would never get this sort of news on CNN? <laughs> no, you would not. You definitely would not. All right, the fertility crisis started in Japan, but it won't stay there. So this is talking about the declining population that we're seeing actually in a lot of Asian countries um, where like things like China, where they've tried to, you know, keep people from um, having more than one child. And in actually in European countries as well, we're starting yeah, to see that. Oh, yeah, it yeah. yeah, it's not just in the Asian yeah. countries, but um, in a lot of the European countries, but they're less than so their their total fertility rate is like less than 1.5 right now. It needs to be 2.1 in order to replace the population right. and keep it growing, to maintain it, it has to be more than 2.1. And they're at 1.5, and they've been that way, I think you said, for a long for a time. Yeah. For a long time. Um, I mean, if you go back in their history, uh, it's been declining for a long time. But, you know, I actually looked up, well, when did they start instituting abortion? You know, just to relate mm -hmm. to our uh, uh, issue just before, you know, ours goes back to 1973. They go back to 1948. Wow. So they've had abortion for a lot longer, and uh, just statistically... Well, uh, in 2019, they had over 156,000 abortions just that year. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it's typically between 150,000, 200,000 per year. And they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. That's where a lot of their population has gone. Do you, do you realize, you know, they're talking about even population problem in America mm -hmm. because not having as many children and so on. And uh, they're decrying that. But do you realize if they stopped abortion, there's an extra million people a year in America right there. Yeah. If you think about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, I see some of the younger generation. Have you seen them? All? I've seen these, some of these people on TV, and they're saying, because of climate change, we can't have children. And, you know. Why not? <laughs> climate yeah. change. Other people actually have children. <laughs> we believe in climate change. Ever since the flood, there's been climate yeah. change. Yeah. 
It has. In the Ice Age and so forth? In the Ice Age. Oh, triggered by the flood? But you know what? We don't, if, if you have the wrong foundation, if you don't have God's word and you don't have the history there, you won't understand climate change because mm -hmm. climates can change rapidly and back and forward. And you've got to look at it historically as well. I mean, think about yeah. the Sahara Desert. It was once lush. Mm -hmm. What happened? All these people riding around in their V8 chariots. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think too, like in cultures like Japan, they talk about there being a lot of overtime work and a lot of, you know, focus is on the self. And so when your focus is on yourself, you don't want children to have to tie up your time, take time away from what mm -hmm. you're doing. And so because they've generated that kind of a culture, it's going to be hard to change it. Um, I know mm -hmm. I, I just watched something on that, trying to change it in China. You know, it's very hard when you've told everybody to only have one child and now you need them to have at least two. It, it's going to be hard to do that. But, but again, there, these, a lot of these cultures are not based on the word of God. They're not starting with that. And so they're not being fruitful and multiplying. And yeah. instead, they're just, they're going to yeah. eventually make themselves extinct. God has never revoked, be fruitful and multiply and fill mm -hmm. the earth. And we certainly haven't filled it. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty so of God has never revoked that. Places. But this leads into the yeah. next one. Right. Japanese court rules against same-sex marriage because, and I quote, marriage is a relationship between a man and a woman. So, of course, they're going to say this because they don't, they don't want to condone homosexual relationships because they want people, again, to reproduce. And the only way you can still do that, right, is between a man and a woman. If yeah. you can define woman. Yeah, even in their constitution, it and says... And if you can define man. Yeah. <laughs> their constitution says, marriage shall be based only on the mutual consent of both sexes, and it continues. And that's what it is. When it says both sexes, it has to be a male and a female. Then. Right. It's interesting, at the end of the article here, it says, the youth seem largely uninterested focusing on their careers instead. Yes. And, you know, that's an issue we have here in America and the whole West, is the younger generations tend to be more self-centered, right. more about It's really themselves. a culture of self, you know, yeah. above anything else. And so that's why you see right. a decline in marriage, a decline in reproduction. Right. And that's why we need to go back to what the Bible says on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there is no greater authority than God and his word. Right. And uh, I want to see cultures all over the world, whether it's Japan, Europe, even here in the United States, we need to get back to God right. and his word. So we need to be praying uh, uh, for the church, number one, to, to really wake up to that, uh, as well as the culture. Yeah. Did you know that polar bears still survive in Greenland? They do. And I they do. They do. Yep. So um, these polar bears have found a way to survive without sea ice. So again, we've always been told that polar bears need sea ice in order to hunt and be able to survive. But they found a very unique population in Greenland that actually doesn't use sea ice to survive. And they survive like other bears. Yeah. <laughs> So, so this is amazing to them because, again, because of all this climate change stuff, um, they'll say, well, you know, the poor polar bears, you know, you see the lone polar bear out there on the sea ice, it's shrinking, and so they're going to die. But now they're saying, well, wait a minute, maybe they can adapt, maybe they can be okay, even in the midst of this. Well, you know, polar bears survive in the Cincinnati Zoo. Without sea ice. Yeah. And they yep. have no sea ice. They've done just fine. That is amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I had an evolutionist once on radio ask me, how did the polar bears get to the ark? Well, there weren't any polar bears. Right. Because there are species the that have kind, developed yeah. from the kind, from the bear kind that got off the ark. Mm -hmm. They need to go to the ark and see the exhibit down there on the second Yeah, they day. need to understand that a little bit. And then they, then they can understand it all. Yeah. 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 So, but, you know, when I read an article like this, you've got to watch out for the media bias. And, you know, one of the things that they see in here, Greenland ice sheet is losing mass each year. Well, yeah, it does every year. Yeah. But it's also gaining, 
you know, the, the snow and the ice uh, throughout all that. So sometimes they don't talk about that, that, that balance that's in there. And yeah, you do have some ebbs and flows and so yeah. forth. Anyway, if zoos had their way, polar bears wouldn't continue to have it be white. They'd be rainbow colored. That's true. So zoos across North Great. America announced LGBT Pride Month events. So um, again, Look, they put a polar bear on it that's not from the Arctic. Yeah. <laughs> so everywhere, you know, it seems like everywhere you turn, sadly, in June, um, somebody's got to virtue signal, or as a friend of mine recently said, sin signal, um, about, you know, their, the Pride Month, including, I, and it just kind of blows my mind when I read articles like this, because, you know, you think you're taking your kids to the zoo for a day of seeing the animals, and then you've got stuff like this all over the place, these rainbows mm-hmm. and even drag queen shows at various zoos. I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. And, yeah. But again, we've got to celebrate this. Sin. That's yeah. what well, told. Toronto Zoo in Canada, this is not surprising from Canada, has an entire Pride Month lineup of events complete with a nocturnal drag show and a Toronto drag queen story time for the kids. Yeah. I mean, so zoos, yeah. you know, we, one of the reasons we have a zoo down at the Ark, behind the Ark there, our at Rizzo, and we're increasing it all the time. We're making it bigger and bigger. We're opening a new children's zoo soon back there. You'll see the buildings when you're down there, right at the back of the zoo, which is going to be spectacular, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we teach from a biblical worldview perspective, because when you go to the secular zoos, they're all from an evolutionist perspective, and now they're imposing uh, this sort of anti-God worldview agenda on them as well. Um, so that's why we have the two attractions, the Ark and the Creation Museum, so that you can bring your children here and not worry about what they're being taught, and it's all from a biblical worldview perspective. So. Yeah, we well, you know it's uh, interesting. You know, We've got a book called uh, Gender and Marriage War, and uh, one of the things that we do as we go through that is we talk about the sexual revolution that started really exploding in the 60s. Then you see the homosexual rela- uh, war uh, that, that broke through from there. And then uh, you see the, the gender right. uh, revolution, gender war uh, going on from that stage. If you actually go back to Romans chapter 1, you can see that same oh, yeah. trend you occurring. You see the sequence. They, they say really it's all about, all about inclusion. I'll tell you the inclusion they need to know. This is yeah. a good place to, to, to end the program, I think. Here's the inclusion we need to be on about. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not his will that any should perish. Right. But that it's all should come to repentance. Right. Yes. I mean, that's the inclusion we should right. be talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just a couple of things as we uh, finish up here. So if you are, um, we have a brand new internship program here at Answers in Genesis called Embark. All right, get it? All right, Embark. Ark, at the Ark. Um, so it's not just at the Ark, but here too at the Creation Museum and Answers in Genesis. So if you have um, want to, again, maybe try out a certain field, test that out, see if that might be a right fit for you, we have these great internships that we're offering um, through Embark. So you can get on the website and find out more about that. And no matter what state you're from, you do not have to stay there. We are hiring. That's right. And you can move <laughs> to northern Kentucky. <laughs> and you can be a part of ARC and the Creation Music. We have positions just about any area you could think of available. And we really need uh, public safety, IT, yeah. writers. Uh, web, writers. Yep. We need a science teacher for our Christian school yes. and an English, English teacher, teacher for our Christian school. Lots of seasonal American positions American English or well Australian as... English? Right. Hmm? English. No, no, they have to be an English teacher. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. So anyway, so all right. Okay. So we'll see you next time. God bless you guys. <laughs>